I'm Brenna, a certified sex expert and sex coach who is passionate about human sexuality, female empowerment, and helping people develop the sex life of their dreams. I'm Brian, certified relationship coach, eager to share my unique relationship experiences along with a rich history of sexuality to coach you through your personal journey. And you're listening to Sex on Your Terms. Today's going to be a little bit different episode of Sex on Your Terms because I have no idea what the topic is. Brian does. He has a question prepared for me that is going to lead us into a discussion today, but I'm really excited to see what comes of this. We're just going to have a very real and open conversation about something that Brian wants to pry open in our relationship, so we'll hear about that shortly. First, I wanted to share a sex in the news that I found very fascinating as a person who loves women's pleasure, obviously my own pleasure, but also pleasuring other women. And I'm constantly looking for products that will help women with their own self-pleasure. I found this really interesting article regarding yoni eggs. Yoni eggs. Yes. Okay. So Brian, you're familiar with like Kegel balls, correct? So Kegel balls are inserted into the vagina and you hold them in place and it's specifically meant to help strengthen your pelvic muscles and your pelvic floor. It can help in greater orgasms or even reaching orgasm period for a lot of women that struggle with that kegel balls are a good way to kind of work up to a a great orgasm but yoni eggs are something a little bit different so they're actually made of crystal and the concept behind them is an ancient chinese theory that the crystal will help in healing the vagina and okay i'm not sure i'm bought into this just yet (laughs) so the research that was done was do yoni eggs work? If so, how do they work? And it's from Cosmopolitan, which usually I don't love Cosmo. I'm skeptical still. (laughs) But this was actually based on legitimate research done. And if there's anything legitimate about the use of yoni eggs. Okay, so the conclusion is? The conclusion is that they actually work very similarly to Kegel balls. They are, yoni eggs are larger and heavier typically than the average Kegel ball, although you can get very heavy metal Kegel balls. Yeah, I've seen very, like, yeah, very heavy. But yoni eggs tend to be larger in circumference, and because of that, they are a good option for kind of starting out exercising your pelvic muscles. And there is a lot of research to show that they actually do help with that, especially when you insert them for longer than 30 minutes at a time. Okay, so what role do the crystals play? Zero. (laughs) I I thought so. Okay, so I'm just going to say this. The whole like woo-woo spiritual thing with the crystals, I don't buy into it. If you do, that is totally you. You go for it. Good for you. But there is no scientific evidence. And this article once again reiterates that there is zero scientific evidence showing that crystals, at least when inserted into the vagina, have any real significance. Yeah, I don't. I'm Again, I'm not someone who buys into that either. If that's your thing, if that's your kind of spiritual guidance, go for it. I put very little efficacy into that at all. Yeah, I know you do. It is so not your thing. Every time I, so I actually did a chakra reading when we were back in Montana and I did not buy into it before I went and did it. And then I did it and they were basically using these 
I don't know, metal bowl type things with, they looked like sticks with felt on them to me. And they were playing the bowls. And she would go through three or four bowls and I wouldn't really notice anything. And and then it was probably the fifth or sixth bowl that she played. And all of a sudden it just sent shivers down my spine. Yeah, that's a scientific reaction. So (laughs) what's the scientific reaction? what, What she's doing is reacting to your central nervous system. Yeah, but it's still cool, don't you think? Yeah, but yeah, (laughs) I can't. I just, yeah, it's it's fiction to me. I just don't understand that. It's hocus pocus. I don't buy into it. I really don't. It's just not my thing. I, I could never get my head around it. I had a friend for many, many years I worked with who used to walk around with crystals in his pocket, who firmly believed that they provided him strength and courage and just, you know, inner peace and all these things that I just... I couldn't get my head around. Well, isn't it kind of the placebo effect, though? If you believe that they work, they're going to work. Yeah, it's like anything else. It's perception, right? Yeah, I think the yoni eggs are kind of the same way. Even if there's no scientific evidence to prove that they're healing your vagina or making you feel more sexual, if you put it in and you feel more sexual or somehow better, then why not do it? Yeah, it's like putting something on that makes you feel sexy, right? I mean, it probably doesn't, from my perspective, when you put something on, it doesn't necessarily make you any sexier to me you're already sexy to me but you feel sexier in it which of course makes me look at you as though you're more sexy yeah i guess it's just that kind of a chain reaction so yeah if it makes you feel good like anything else do it as long as you're not hurting anybody else who gives it who cares absolutely and there is evidence to show that if you want to strengthen your pelvic muscles your orgasmic muscles if you will that yoni eggs are a good way to go plus they're really smooth and they feel good against your skin so i like them if there's a positive you find a positive in it go for it yeah plus oh plus they can get cold you can make them cold like if you put them in the fridge eat them up for sure i wouldn't yeah. put it in like the microwave oh, but I would probably not either in like warm water yeah. and then insert it absolutely it feels so freaking good yeah it's like a, a glass toy yeah yeah for sure i dig it i'm in, so, in there i just the, like i said the crystal thing i check out i know as soon as i started talking about it i could see the look on your <laughs> you face like come on <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah can't do it yeah. yeah so anyway cool I'm in. If you if it strengthens your your walls, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I prefer Kegel balls. Just I also think they're kind of sexy because they bounce up against each other, like when you're walking and moving, yeah. and so they create this stimulation at the same time that they're help helping you strengthen your muscles. So I think that's a far better way to go because you know well, I you, like, you like the pleasure. Yeah, I like the pleasure at the same time. Puts a smile on my face. Yeah, that's okay. I'm with you. I'm in. So interesting article. Yeah, I thought so. So I have thought of a few questions, actually. I have a number of questions I want to ask, but I'm going to ask just one today because we could probably talk for hours on either of these subjects. So I'm going to try to to limit it to just one question I have for you, which I'm sure is going to spur other questions. For sure. And let's explain why we're doing it this way this time, because I think we in the past have had really great, thoughtful conversations about topics. But then when we get on to the actual podcast, it's like we've dissected them too much. Yes. And it doesn't feel super, you know, smooth. It's, and, or, it's not organic. Yeah. And we wanted this I to be... I almost said orgasmic because that's <laughs> where my head's at. After the yoni eggs. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted this to be as smooth and real as possible of a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And we do, we we dive deep into conversations, you and I, just on our own before we ever record or after we record a a show because something will come up a a topic of conversation something will happen and all of a sudden it just brings on all of these 
emotions and then we start talking about it at nauseum and then by the time we actually say okay we're gonna we're gonna talk about this on the show we've beaten that horse to death like, right there's nothing left to squeeze out of it and then you know? talking about it again feels almost like a chore rather than something we're excited to do yeah and then we find ourselves trying to remember what it was that we said which is always a, a struggle sometimes too because i don't have that kind of memory anymore so yeah, so this is just going to be a real conversation, just like we would be having if we were not sitting with microphones in front of our faces. Yeah, absolutely. So my question is based on something that has happened recently in our lifestyle journey. Okay. We have experienced a lot of firsts at this point. And one of the things, however, that we have been doing a little bit more of is really getting back to back to the bread and butter, as we like to refer to it in our in our journey, in our, in our lifestyle, which is the hot wife space. Yes, we started out that way, for those of you who, who don't necessarily listen to our show, From Poor Swingers, or are new to our show, we are an ethically non-monogamous couple, and we started our quote-unquote swinger journey in the hot wife space, in that you played with single men first before we ever met a couple. And that was by design, because right. it was something we both really wanted. And when I think back to how long ago that is now, and I think about that first experience, which, again... I don't know that it could have been any better considering it was our first experience on many levels. Oh, it was amazing. I, I still pat myself on the back for having pulled that one off because I did all the vetting and everything. And I, I think I did really well with that. And it kind of laid the groundwork for how I did things going forward. I did change, obviously, a few things because it, tweaking is part of growing, right? You got to improve the process. But we had not, I don't want to say steered away from it a little, but we have gotten into some other areas and revisited some other areas having to do with meeting couples and my involvement with some single folks, which was not part of our play in the early stages of play. So we've gone through a pretty good kind of, you know, morphing of what our lifestyle looks like. And of course, our journey is nowhere near ended at this point. We've got a lot more to do. Yes, a lot of variety in our play for sure. Yeah, but I do, uh, something that happened obviously this past weekend or this past week got my hot wife juices flowing again. I've even written a blog about it recently. And it really made me remember what it was that excited me the most about our quest of, you know, for ethical non-monogamy and all that entails. So I guess my question for you, thinking back, based on the first experience that we had, the first hot wife experience that you had with the gentleman who we referred to as Cooper in our uh, Front Port Swingers episode when we talked about it, Seemingly, it seems like so long ago. It's it was a about, long time ago. It's been like two and a half years now or something. Given the experience, and you, you'll have to think back. And then think about the experience that you just recently had, which we have not spoken about in detail yet. So I'm not going to give all of it away in this episode. But I will say that you had a, an experience with two gentlemen, neither of which were me. Yes. Which was a first for us. Yeah. In a hot wife situation. And again, not going into too much detail. But... When you think of those two experiences, and, and of course, given the amount of time that has transpired between them, can you go back to the first time with Cooper and put yourself in that mind, in that mental space, and then think about what it was like and what it was like then, what all the, the emotions that were going through, your, through you at, the, at that time, and then fast forward to last week and what that was like and how those were different. Because I have my own feelings on it, and I'm really curious to see what where you are mentally with that. Like, how do the experiences? They obviously differ, but what do you give the most credence to in terms of the difference? Is it the is it the time that's transpired? Is it the number of 
experiences that have taken place? Is it your personal growth? Is I think it- it's me. Yeah. It's me as a person. I'm I'm a vastly different person. So the time I was with Cooper was over three years ago, yeah. three years and a few months Seems ago. Like, yeah, it's so crazy. And I was a completely different person at that point in my life and in our relationship than I am now. I was certainly trying to get a hold of my sexuality and understand who I was as as a sexual person, which is part of why we got into non-monogamy to begin with, because I was having very open conversations with you and being vulnerable enough with you as somebody that I was in love with and that I trusted to expel some of these things that I'd had on my mind for a long time. But I still was in a lot of ways, the Montana girl who grew up with the most vanilla people around her possible, who was never exposed to ethical non-monogamy of any sort, who didn't even really know it was an option. I was still that person when I went into the experience with the first guy that I was with. And I think because of that, I had all of these concerns, especially like leading up to it. It was granted a very hot experience. But I do remember basically throughout the entire interaction, maybe up until the point that we were actually like, he was inside of me. (laughs) But prior to that, I was questioning everything. I was questioning all of my decisions. I was questioning why would we, we would be doing this. I kept thinking in my head, this was the, the biggest thought that kept resonating with me over and over again is like, I have this amazing relationship with this amazing man who cares for me and I care for in ways that I never even expected that I was capable of. Why would I screw it up by going into this interaction with somebody else? So there was just a lot of, I was completely unsure of myself in that moment. There was a lot of questioning of the things that I was doing. And I think as a result of that, it was still very pleasurable. I was able to reach orgasm and you and I were able to reconnect afterwards and have this amazing sexual connection with each other. But it was not the same experience as the experiences I have now because I wasn't confident in what I was doing. I was scared. So again, let's let's go back. You and I were only in a relationship for about four months before we jumped into, and I do say jumped into ethical non-monogamy and the hot wife space. And it's it was obvious at that point in our relationship that we were very much committed and we were, we were both 100% bought in, which is how the whole conversation of consensual or ethical non-monogamy came up to begin with. But in that moment, when you were first engaging with Cooper, and of course, at, at that time, like everything else, there has been progression, right? I was in the same, not necessarily the same room, but I was in an adjacent room or in the doorway and I could see and I could hear. So I got to experience that that first experience that you had firsthand. So t- to some degree, we were going through that whole process together for the very first time. And I remember how I was feeling, which was so worked up and so excited, not just because of what it was that I was seeing, but because of what it meant for our relationship. And that just carried through for me. But the bigger thing is the growth that I've seen in you from then to now, right? Because while back then I was vetting and meeting and I was setting up the entire date for you. You were orchestrating every detail. All of it. I was being, I was 100% responsible for all of it and, you know, down to the, down to the smallest detail as to where we were going to meet and how it was going to lay out and all those things. And you fast forward to just this past week, and again, like you mentioned, it's three and a half, four years ago that this whole thing started for us, this whole journey started. You initiated basically this entire 
experience. You asked me a question during this process where I was, you know, we were all kind of a bunch of us sitting together and you came and whispered in my ear, you asked me a question about how you should handle something or how I thought you should handle something. Other than that, you took the entire thing into your own hands. And the thing that got me re-energized again about the hot wife space was watching that process. You know, I was sitting there and I was with some really lovely people while this, while you were having this experience, completely separate from me, of course. But I was enjoying the company and enjoying that time, but I could not get out of my mind how much you have grown in this space because of what had just happened. You know, you going off with two gentlemen (laughs) to play with without my involvement at all, as opposed to four years ago or thereabouts. I'm setting up the entire thing and, you know, you were still apprehensive in those days. And I was just curious as to what your thought process was from then to now and how how you have grown to that point, to the point where you can just on your own chat with guys, meet guys, set dates up, openly play with, obviously with my consent and with the consent of that, that person's partner, should that be a thing, and really just take charge of that part of your life. That's that's the hot wife piece that, that now invigorates me, where before it was a lot of the physical, it was much more of the act itself that turned me on, and now it is still, of course, but it's also the idea that you can just take the reins. And you just kind of do it on your own. Yeah. I think you appreciate that confidence in me for sure. I can I tell. I think, I mean, the biggest thing for me is back then I was, I feel like I, so I always relate sexual power to being in like a box, right? Like typically, especially as you're younger, you're trying to like understand yourself a lot of times things like religion or your parental influence, all of those different things are kind of forcing your sexuality into a box. And I feel like with BDSM, we've talked about in the past, that was kind of my opening of the box. But I feel like I just kind of cracked the box now looking back on it, right? I cracked the box enough to understand that I wasn't vanilla and that I wanted more and that I did have some sexual power, but I had zero idea how to wield it. It wasn't until you and I got into the world of consensual non-monogamy that I was like, oh my gosh, I not only am I a sexual being, but I want to rip the lid off of that box. I never want to put the lid back on. In fact, I want to rip the lid off and I want to throw it in the trash. But back then the box was still open. The lid was still there and it was just barely peeking up. So I look back on those times and I mean, I don't look back on it in a, in a negative way because it's part of my growth and it's part of who I am now. But it's just so interesting to think about the ways that I thought of my own sexuality. I still had a lot of shame about it. There was still times, even even months into our non-monogamous journey, that I remember going, this isn't what I should want. These aren't the ways that a quote-unquote normal woman should behave. I should want to be monogamous. I should want to be enough for my partner. Because at the same time, not only was I going out and having these experiences, but I was fantasizing about you doing the same. And it was like, well, I shouldn't want that. I should want him to be all mine. That's what's quote unquote normal. Well, yeah. And listen, we can de- try to define normative all day long, but it's uh, that's relative as far as I'm concerned. Right. But you grow up feeling a certain way and being told certain things are normal yeah. and that becomes your normal. So then when you want to break away from that norm, you feel guilty. It's, it's a natural thing. Most people do anyway. Well, you certainly feel like an outcast. 
Yeah. If it's not guilt, it's certainly confusion about am I am I just strange? Is, am I alone in this? Am I is this a foreign idea to everyone else, and I'm the only one on this island? Or a desire to be more like your vanilla friends, or the person that you think your parents want you to be, or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, right? What do people want me to be? What do they perceive me to be, and and how are they going to respond to me? Are they going to approve of me? Those are questions that I've. I've asked myself over the course of time, certainly, but now, fortunately, at 51 and and uh, and before even before this, I gave up on those things. People who don't approve of me don't matter to me. I don't work myself up over that, and I don't think you and I are in a place where we really do that anymore. And and I think that was a growth piece as well. Yeah, I think that you got to that place far earlier than I did as well. I mean, you are older. Your mother is the most approving person in the entire world. She just loves you to pieces. I had a very different experience. I constantly was worried about what my family would think of me, what my high school friends would think of me, which now I look back and I go, that's so silly because I'm so far removed from caring. But yeah, at the time, there was definitely this constant concern that not only was I not normal, but I was going to be shunned or shamed for being who I wanted to be. Yeah. Well, again, we, you and I grew up differently. I never had a situation. I was never in a situation or put myself in a situation where I needed to be concerned about how other people thought of me because I always did something different. I was always outside of the box in one way or another. Uh, in fact, when my oldest friends found out what you and I do and how we do it and what we're going to be doing and all those things, the typical answer was, oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, that, that was really what, what it was met with, you know, as opposed to this shock and awe. You know, there was none of that. But as it relates to the hot wife space, it's also that within the lifestyle, it's still not a hundred percent accepted practice. That with the core swinger centric purists, it's still not part of their world. And we're still looked upon, even in this world of ethical non-monogamy as strange in this within the space it's a niche within a niche within a niche kind of thing and i still don't find it i i don't care i revel in the idea that we are different even within a a group of people who are themselves different and i i enjoy that i don't like to be part of the the norm in any way yeah i know you don't you know right down to my plum painted toenails i don't care (laughs) you know i want to be different and comfortable in my own skin and so you know the hot wife space because we started out that way i think that's a big part of it we started out as a hot wife couple and again it's the it's the thing about the lifestyle and i tell this to people all the time that i enjoy the most it's the most satisfying piece of what we do in terms of ethical non-monogamy for me personally and a lot of it i think is because that's where we where we cut our teeth and that's how we got started and that's what really got those those juices flowing so to speak for me and allowed me to open up more to you because what is more intimate really than sharing your partner with someone else i mean what talk about trust right we talk about this with people all the time because of course there's stigmas involved to attach to everything right oh well you know how could you love your partner or how could you be soulmates if you're sharing each other with other people there is no truer form of trust in my opinion it just doesn't exist right if you're trusting your partner to be in the world of ethical non-monogamy along with you or aside from you there is no more trust that you can put in a person yeah. in my opinion uh, so i don't see it well i i disagree with that now now we're on a different journey well yes oh yeah 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 so i'm talking from a physical perspective now our journey has re- <laughs> yeah it's morphed again 
it's yeah. changed again. It's become more emotional with certain people. And I think yeah. that's a far greater yeah. form of trust because to me, it's like you can go out and have sex with anyone. Sex is easy. Sex is in a lot of ways kind of commodified. Like you do it because of, you know, one reason or another. You're turned on in the moment or we want to get back together and reconnect. It, it has a meaning behind it that always benefits us. Yep. And right now we're on a different journey than that. I don't know if you want to go down that road or not. This is your question, but that's just something to consider. I don't consider this the greatest form of trust anymore. I think Polly is. It is. And, and sure, we can go down this road because the truth of the matter is we've gotten to where we are now because of the hot wife space. All Everything we're doing currently in the world of ethical non-monogamy, swinging, what, poly, whatever you want to call it, however you want to label it, if you feel like you have to label it, started because of the hot wife space. Yes. That's where we began this journey. And when you consider how we started, and then you consider where we are right now, and the conversations that take up most of our time surrounding the lifestyle, it couldn't be further apart, yeah. Partic it, particularly in the space of ethical non-monogamy or consensual non-monogamy, because they are so vastly different and contrast to one another. Because the truth of the matter is, couples who play, typically, not all couples, typically, couples who play in the hot wife space, at least those that we have encountered, could never imagine being in a polyamorous relationship. Right. And, and the folks that we have encountered in polyamorous relationships could never imagine being in a hot wife situation right. or swinging for that matter. Yeah. Which is where our worlds collide. Yep. So everything stems from that very first hot wife experience. And I guess that's really what I was digging for or trying to get to with, with uh, today's conversation. Because when I think back on how we got to where we are, it started with a single guy. Yes. And it started with a certain level of self-acceptance, which is, I think, is where we are now. Like, like I said, the first time that I played with a single guy, it was terrifying. I was questioning my own behavior. I was questioning my own motives. I was questioning who I was as a person. And then it got easier over time. And part of that was accepting that, yeah, maybe I am a little bit different than the average woman out there. But that's totally not only is it OK, but I got to the point where I really appreciated it because it made me see other people as unwilling to admit what it was they really wanted. I don't want to say not brave because I feel like that's maybe downplaying their own journey. But I, I have friends, for example, who I know are terrified of their own sexuality and they're, they aren't brave enough to have real conversations with their partners or to be honest with themselves about what it is they want. And so that journey for me, the the idea of accepting who I am and accepting that I am different and accepting that that's a cool thing rather than a terrifying thing is that's what's led us to the point that we can now even broach the subject of polyamory. Yeah, that's what got us to where we are right now. We are in a space that we are truly engulfing ourselves with the idea that polyamory is a very real thing. We just discussed this as late as yesterday about what a polyamorous relationship might look like for for you and I going forward because we are in uh, we're in a situation or and have been in a situation where that is in the forefront. So going from a hot wife situation 
which is the furthest thing, if you if you can imagine, from polyamory in the world of ethical non-monogamy, right? I mean, I don't. Most people couldn't even correlate the two. No, I think probably the furthest thing is the couple for couple play, because right now, what's kind of forefront in my mind as we look at swinging versus polyamory is we have done a really good job of not needing to be quote unquote a unit when we're playing. A lot of couples when they play, especially if they're couple for couple, same room, it is very couple centric, right? They're a constant unit playing together. They're bouncing off of each other. They require each other's attention and energies in order to go into situations and feel comfortable playing with other people. We, because of our hot wifing experience, have really distanced ourselves from each other in a lot of ways, obviously with the full intent of coming back together and reconnecting later, but we aren't as couple-centric focused as the average swinger couple. So I think that we actually did an amazing job of setting ourselves up for polyamory because of the fact that you constantly got further away from me during our hot wife play. Like you said, you started basically in the doorway, and then you were in the next room, and then you were down the hall, and then you were were completely separate from me to the point that I had a regular play partner for two years. And sometimes you wouldn't even know that he was coming to the house. So we were doing a good job of creating that independence. But once again, with the sole intention of coming back together as a unit after. And I think that's how we've differed from the average swinger couple. And I think that is why in a lot of ways we've ended up where we're at right now, because we understand that that independence can be not only sexy, but a benefit to us. Absolutely, and you're you're probably right. The the because of how we started and and where we currently sit, they're probably very much connected because we we did grow to us into a situation where we play almost exclusively separate. I mean, that's just how we we do it because of how strong the reclamation and the reconnection time is for us, and how important it is. And I, I tell this to people all the time. We talk to in the space, and I wrote about it. Just it was part of that blog, as a matter of fact, that. Our whole purpose for what we do at the end of the day is for us to come back together because of how it makes us feel. What it does for us as a couple, it takes what is already this intense, explosive sexual relationship we have and turns it up a notch, right? It goes nuclear (laughs) because when we get back together after one or both of us has had an experience, it's that, that joining of energies. It's the transference of energies between us that really makes things intense. It, it, I think I likened it to an out, almost an outer body experience because it's almost like you don't even know what else is going on around you. Yes. I don't. It, it's I'm oblivious to whatever else is happening. And that comes from all those endorphins and all that sexual energy that we've brought back to each other or that at least one of us has brought back to the other. And we just build on it. And we can, and we've talked about this before, we can thrive off of a single experience for weeks or months afterwards because it's just so intense for us. The idea of what had happened yesterday or a week ago or a month ago is still very much ingrained in our minds and it's just intense. It just, it creates such a fire for us. For me, again, it's the most important part of this for me. Without it, it would be difficult for me to even function in this space. I need that, uh, you know, I need that that energy from you. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. I do think it's important to broach, since we're talking about back then hot wifing versus now hot wifing, however, there is a difference. There's a difference yeah. in, I don't want to say intensity because that's not true. There's a difference in need. 
Yeah. For example, this experience that I had last week, I'm with these two guys. We have a great time. It's obvious that it's incredibly sexy. I can see by the look on your face when I return with these two gentlemen that you are super into it. But we did not immediately reconnect that night. No. In fact, I was expecting we would wake up the next morning and you would jump me. And that didn't happen either. And I think it was, once again, this simmer. It's become very much a slow simmer of buildup. It's almost like you are constantly trying to see how far you can push it and how much of the juice you can squeeze out of it before we just attack each other during that reconnection. And it does make for a more interesting dynamic when we actually get back together. But I just find that very interesting that it's it's no longer like this immediate need for you. Well, it's more deliberate now. Everything that's being done now is done with it's much more deliberate. It's it's more very disciplined. It's disciplined, it's intentional, right? Where before it was it was almost like the fumblings of, you know, teenagers in the backseat of a car for the first time. <laughs> As opposed to someone who's got a, you know, a higher sexual IQ, right? So you go off, you have this experience. I already know instinctively, because you are with two other gentlemen, neither of whom were me, this is going to be hot. I can tell because of the conversation, however brief it was between you and I, that this was an amazing experience for you. I can see it's written all over you. I know that at some point, whether it's the minute we get home or the following morning, or the following day, that is going to be hot. However, I don't know anything about what happened other than the basics. What I'm talking about and sharing with everyone right now, the fact that you were with two gentlemen, that's about all I knew except that I actually knew who the gentlemen were. I had no details. Right. right? I knew nothing. So until we actually reconnected, I didn't get any of the details and I still don't know them all. I have, I was given very little while you and I were actually playing together and having sex because it was so aggressive and so primal and so rough. There is none of that conversation. It's simply a transference of energy at that point. So where before early on in our experiences, it was like the first experience that we're referring to. Cooper wasn't out of our door. Before you and I were at each other, take, I was taking all my clothes off in the hallway. We never made it to the bedroom. I was already naked yeah. and it was on because it was so intense. And of course, I was sitting there watching it. So that certainly added to the intensity. But now it's almost like there's a, a maturity in our growth pattern here, right? There's a level of discipline, as you mentioned, in our play because I now want to enjoy all of it. I don't want to rush it. Almost like when we play and don't talk about it at all, a, a situation until we get on the show. And then we get all the details. That's like my newest thing, right? I don't want all the details un until you are telling them to me face-to-face -face on the show. Yeah. Right? It's That's raw. You just, I get all of that emotion. You can see it's written all over me, what my feelings are about it. Yeah, you're uber turned on usually. Yeah, it just takes it to another level. And I think that's really, for me, what this whole conversation is about, right? It's... The, it's an evolution, certainly, as we referred to a, a week or so ago. It's just another addition to the evolution. It's an emotional evolution as much as it's a physical one, and certainly from a level of maturity uh, for me personally, because I don't want to miss out on any of it. I want more of it. I just don't want to miss out on any of it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing for me right now. Everything that we're doing is far more deliberate. Early on, it was about the experiences. We wanted more and more experiences because of what it was doing for our relationship. Well, it still does that, 
but it does that in a different way because we just have a lot more experience now and we know what works for us. And every time we do something different, we determine very quickly whether it's a yay or a nay. Yeah, you say we have a lot more experience, but we're having far fewer experiences. For that reason. Because we are being very careful and thoughtful with the situations that we cultivate. We have walked away from so many situations. We've walked away from more than we have taken on. Yeah, and that's awesome because we also made mistakes in the beginning that we would never make now. So yeah, I mean, all of it kind of wraps into a nice little bow that makes our hot wifing far better now than it used to be not that it was ever bad by any means it's always been so hot no but between my personal sexual growth and our growth as a couple and our knowledge of this space and our willingness to step away or back away from situations that don't make sense for us it's like we have just found our perfect little recipe well yeah and the truth is within our journey within the quest for ethical non-monogamous perfection if you want to call it that for you know, we just keep we strive for more and more and more and we want new experiences we always go back to the hot wife space because it is the most exciting for us so on so many levels do you think that continues in the future a hundred percent which is why as we continue to talk about what our polyamorous relationships may look like or a polyamorous dynamic might look like for us in real time The one thing that we have to continuously consider when getting into a situation like that is that we are still at at our core a hot wife couple and our partner or respective partners are simply going to have to be okay with that or it's it won't work. We we are going to find ourselves in a very unique polyamorous situation in my opinion because our partner or partners as it, it may be are going to be they're going to be very special people to fit into our relationship yes you know and to help and to help improve our relationship certainly and to be understanding of our non-monogamous journey which i think is a big one because there are a lot of poly people out there who wouldn't want to date a hot wife couple absolutely and and we have gotten to a point i think where we're dialing it in it's certainly always a, a work in progress for us and and we have talked ourselves out of having some good times because we've overanalyzed things for sure but this is not something i think that can be rushed we have to really understand fully what we're getting into because you're involving other people in a situation like that there are other people's emotions involved and that could be really exponential when you think about it you know are those people partnered also you know it could it turns into any number of potential scenarios so from the hot wife space to where we're currently headed when you think about it for me i think about it it was it's such such a long trip that we've taken it seems like right I mean, like you just said, at three and a half, four years, it didn't even occur to me that it's been that long. And when you think about all the experiences we had, it's amazing. But what I always come back to is how that hot wife experience affects me. It it definitely speaks to me more than anything else. And this last experience you just had really kind of brought that back to the forefront. You've had a couple of experiences like that since we've been on the road, certainly, but not like that. Not like that one, no. (laughs) This is a very different situation, which we'll talk about at some point soon on our other show. But there were so many firsts involved that that, that's a rarity for us, right? Because we don't have that many more you don't, you don't think about having that many more firsts. The truth is we have a lot more potential firsts. Oh my gosh, we have so many. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing is, you know, now if we're going to talk about where we're at now in terms of a hot, being a hot wife couple, 
I think we need to open our minds to different possibilities than we have in the past. Yeah. One of them that I've been talking a lot about lately is age. I'm open to younger guys now. I'm trying to be as open-minded to people of all ages, really, which is something I haven't done in the past. I think maybe you need to be a little bit more open-minded to experiencing some of the things that I really want to do because I think a lot of times you like to cultivate the things that are going to turn you on most, but part of this is us being a team and you doing some of the things that I want. Yeah, well, I'm a creature of habit. I will eat at the same places. I will drink at the same places. Yeah, I will, and I, will, I want you to do something new once in a while with yeah, me. Stepping outside of my comfort zone is not the easiest thing for me. But I'll tell you, I and I mentioned this, I think, the last time we talked about it, and we talked about it on the show somewhere, I absolutely embrace the idea of you engaging with younger guys. I am so 100% behind that because I, I do think that you have limited yourself, your your experiences, your potential experiences, due to your being really attracted to the you know forty and over type of individual, and not really giving a lot of emphasis to the younger guys, or really giving them any credence at all, or or showing them any real attention because you were focused on what you were really earnestly attracted to, or at least what you thought you were, because that's changed now. A little bit. No, it hasn't changed. I'm just open to different types of people. Right, but you're making the effort to open that door. I'm still, if you put a 50-year-old in front of me and a 20-year-old in front of me, I'm still going to be far more attracted to the 50-year-old. For sure. There's no doubt. I mean, we all like what we like, but you are open to the idea where before you were not interested at all. Right. It, It wasn't even a conversation. Right. And I think that's, again, that goes to growth, certainly, but it really does lend itself to another level of intensity for me because I've not seen you play with someone younger than you yeah you know and i think that would be super hot when you were hit on a couple of weeks back at the pool bar by the young guy that you know was probably a college guy was during spring break that's super hot to me i like that idea so i'm all in for that i think that's going to be a really neat experience for you well that's good yeah so you got something you you need me to wrap my head around we need to have that conversation what okay (laughs) like right now sure on the show? Yeah. Okay. Well, I want you to start participating more with me in things. How so? Like being in the room with me, being open to threesome situations with me, etc., which is something that we've only done a couple of times. Well, we've done that, but the, the people that we've done that with were very much friends of ours. Sure. There were, you know, there were relationships that had been built and trust that had been built. And... So I think from that perspective, you know, it's easier for me once I know somebody. That would be difficult for me to do with a stranger, with a virtual stranger. I would need to have some some type of bond with that person, some rapport with that person to put that into play, I think, which we did with our with our uh, friends back home, certainly. But with someone you've just met, would, I would find that to be difficult for sure. I would, I'm not sure how I would compartmentalize that out of the gate. It's something I want, so. Well, we'll try to figure it out. <laughs> I'll work on it. Okay. Good. So for me, I want to continue the journey down the path of hot wifing. I want to, I want you to be as expressive with it as you want to be. And certainly as take charge of it as you want to be. I think this last experience for me really solidified for me that I like the idea that you are in control of that space. And I enjoy the vetting process a lot of times. And kind of, you know, putting some people in front of you that I think might might work for you and that you might like and there'll be a connection. And it's hot, but it's superseded by your 
owning the entire experience. Yeah. For me, personally, I don't know. What does it do for you? Is there a difference for you? Uh, I prefer it when you do it, but I am open to doing it myself because I know that you like it. It's so. interesting that you find it more exciting if I do it and I find it more exciting if you do it. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's kind of like this. It's almost like, I don't know, this fantasy of you giving me to someone. Yeah. That it's whole that idea. royalty perk. That's yeah. what I talk about. That's what it is. So yes, there is a big part of that. The royalty perk piece I enjoy the most is that reclamation. You're coming back to me. My knowing that you are going to play with someone, but the inevitability of that is you're coming back to me. And you're bringing that energy and that experience back to me. No, I get that. But for me, it's the fantasy of almost like a possession type thing, which yeah. I usually hate if I'm not, you know, in a sexual scenario, that idea of possessiveness and toxicity in a relationship. Well, you won't even consider it outside of a situation like this. Yes. But in terms of a sexual scenario, it's very hot to think of like, oh, I'm yours, but you are going to temporarily give me to someone else. Yeah. And I'm in some ways kind of used by them and then provided back to you. Yeah, that's that. It's definitely. Definitely a component of the royalty perk. And there, there's no doubt that that is what moves me the most when it comes to this space. And uh, yeah, it's interesting you said that because, again, I wrote about that. It's It definitely speaks to me. That that piece of it speaks to me for sure. Because I am, I mean, again, not to, to put it in this way because I know you hate it, but when it comes to you, you are my most prized possession. You're the thing that matters most to me. So my quote unquote, allowing someone else to enjoy your company for a period of time. And then you are coming back to me is the thing that is most exciting to me. That That's the thing that gets me going. Yeah. But part of that is you orchestrating it. Putting it together. Yeah. But there's still a part of me because let's not forget, even in the situation that you were just, we just found ourselves in, or you just found yourself in, I still have to be okay with it. I'm still the one who's part of this team and you still bring to me, hey, I was thinking about doing this. What do you think? So, of course, I was all in when you told me, but I still have to have some say in it. So it's not like I'm completely void of the situation. And even if I don't know the person and you're kind of setting up your own play date, it's with my full consent, certainly. So there is still a part of me that is enjoying that aspect of it. I'm just not taking part in the actual setup. Yeah. That's the whole thing. That makes sense. You know, so I still get to enjoy both ends of it, I guess, is my point. I can wrap my so, head around that. So for me, this conversation is, uh, uh, to wrap it up for me, I just was so excited that we had gotten a really intense experience out of the hot wife space. Not so much for the first time in a while, but this particular encounter definitely brought on some of those old feelings that I was missing a little bit from the hot wife experience. And... It just got my juices flowing and it got me thinking about how we got started and what that transition has been like up until this point and where we go from here. And I think, like you just mentioned, I think you're going to potentially maybe involve, get involved with some younger guys, guys outside of the age range that you would typically play with. And then maybe you and I will start to do some things where if you want to set them up, which I, I will leave up to you, where it's a threesome type situation with me and, and a newer gentleman, which would be kind of hot or whether I'm watching or part participating or whatever. Uh, I haven't done that in a while other than with our regular playmates. So there, that could be a, a, you know, a situation that we could find ourselves in here uh, soon. I'm really glad we had this conversation because it made me reflect back on who I used to be as a sexual person. It's a good reminder of how far I've come. I'm on this really interesting body image journey right now. I've been losing some weight. And for me, it's not about my size. It's more so just about feeling good and like looking in the mirror and being like, oh, I'm, I am 
sexy and someone should totally want to have sex with me. And so that coupled with a reminder of how far I've come in terms of embracing my own sexual power is really healing for me. It's It's just a motivator for me to continue on and for me to do better because I know I'm not at my peak. I haven't peaked yet. I'm not there. I I still have some things that I want to work on and some experiences that I think would really open my eyes to just how sexually confident I can be. So I'm getting there and I'm really excited to continue to work towards that. Yeah, I don't, I think as much as you see that in yourself, you don't see it as much as I do. I see the growth in you. I see the desire that you have to improve yourself personally, you know, inside and out. And I I can tell that you want to, you just want to learn more. You just want to embrace more change, you know, more newness. I'm a sponge right now. I just want to soak up everything, even out of the sexual realm, just trying to improve myself as a person right now, interacting with people that I wouldn't normally interact with or being open to certain scenarios, non-sexual as well, that I would never have put myself in previously. All of those things are just kind of culminating all at the same time while we're on the road and helping me realize that I want to be someone different than I have been in the past, not necessarily vastly different. I like myself, but I want to improve. Yeah, I think improvement is the key for me too. I I really have been uh, earnestly trying to change things about myself that I know have been issues in the past. My lack of interest in expanding my horizons, so to speak, I am definitely set in my ways. I do not like change. I resist it. At all. And it's, yeah, it's it's very difficult for me. There are some things that I just don't do well in certain situations I, I don't do well in, and I just need to improve that a little bit. Like I tell people a lot of times, you just want it to suck a little less every day. <laughs> so I need to improve it a little bit more every day and get out of my comfort zone a little bit more every day. Much like yourself, I think we're on this uh, growth spurt, so to speak. But the hot wife space, for me, it's the place that I, I find myself the most comfortable. I enjoy it the most. Uh, this last experience certainly confirmed that for me, and I'm looking forward to many more of those, whatever they might look like. Well, I have some plans up my sleeve, so you just <laughs> sit tight and get ready for it. I have no doubt. And I really appreciate you asking me this question. I think maybe next week I should ask you a question sure. and see where it leads because this was really fun. Yeah. And we hope that you guys enjoyed it too. If you want to discuss any of the topics that we talked about today in more depth, one-on-one or two-on-two, we would love to speak to you as part of our coaching services. All of the information on those services can be found at sexonyourterms.com. You can also check out our recent blog there. we Brian's put up several that I think are fantastic and you should totally check out. If you want to reach us directly, you can email us at sexonyourterms at gmail.com. And don't forget to find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at sexonyourterms. And that's what we have for you this week. So until next time, we hope you enjoy Sex on Your Terms.